under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. This is the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And man, what a day to begin on. It's like, Joey, you're new to the radio business. You're new to this whole thing. I mean, six years in it, but still fairly fresh, fairly green. So it's like, why don't you start your show on September the 11th? Oh, and let's also throw in a hurricane. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, how in the hell am I going to cover this? 9-11 and a hurricane at the same time? And how do I introduce the show while talking about 9-11 and the hurricane at the same time? Very, very difficult. But thank you so much for listening. Yes, my name is Joey Clark, and it feels good to be on for an hour at least, Monday through Friday. And here's what I was thinking this morning. As I was sitting there listening to my record player. And also revisiting old teachers of mine. That Hurricane Irma has once again reminded modern America of human beings' limits. Or it has reminded us that despite our variety of religious, political, and personal problems and conflicts with one another. Mother Nature is the true problem. We, and I mean we in the broadest possible sense, Mother Nature is the true problem, the true enemy that we human beings have to deal with. Mother Nature as well as our own internal nature. So I'm sitting here wondering, has Irma once again shown us the folly of man's knowledge and courage and ingenuity. For instance, is our attempt to try to civilize Florida, this swampland, just another example of reaching for the forbidden fruit? After hurricanes swept through Florida in the 1920s, should we have told the Army Corps of Engineers, local governments, and private developers, careful Icarus, don't fly too close to the sun with your wax wings. And by the sun, we mean that swamp prone to be swept over by hurricanes. Should we have warned them? No, don't even worry about Florida. I believe that's what the attorney general of the state said after the hurricanes in the 1920s. That we should build a wall. Sounds similar to something today. And put men on it and make sure nobody can go down there. Or after this storm, will people once again rebuild in spite of Mother Nature's wrath? Using human ingenuity and technology to once again fly as close as we can to the sun. Whether it's the sunbathe on the Florida beaches, set sail on floating cities for a pleasure cruise, or visit the magical world of a once racist mouse, or continually fire rockets into space. There are a lot of amazing things, magical things that happen in the Sunshine State. 
Yet should we be worried that Mother Nature is telling us, stop it, cut it out, stop building things here, stop trying to civilize this part of the planet? Well, as Michael Grunwald, who is a Florida resident who had to evacuate, wrote for Politico over the weekend, quote, but the fundamental issue is that South Florida is an artificial civilization, engineered and air-conditioned to insulate its residents and tourists from the realities of its natural landscape. We call animal control when alligators wander into our backyards, and it doesn't occur to us that we've wandered into the alligator's backyard. Most residents of suburban communities carved out of the Everglades, Swampland, Weston, Wellington, Miami Springs, Miami Lakes, are blissfully oblivious to the intricate water diversion strategies that their government officials use to keep them dry every day. Mr. Grunwald goes on, most South Floridians don't think much about climate change either, even though it's creating more intense storms. Mm -hmm. Even though the rising seas around Miami Beach are now flood low-lying neighborhoods. On sunny days during high tide, people tend not to think too much about existential threats to the places they live. They just live. And they keep coming. 25 years ago, Hurricane Andrew ripped through Miami's southern exurbs. But the homes destroyed were quickly replaced. And most of us who live here now weren't here then. So we weren't really ready for Irma, even though at some level we knew it was possible. It's conceivable that Irma will finally shut down our insatiable growth machine. But I wouldn't bet on that. Our inclination towards collective amnesia is just too strong. I don't know really what Mr. Grunwald is getting at. I guess that we're too... Ingenious to hell-bent on, how does he say it? We came to Florida to escape reality, not deal with it? Well, my bet is people will rebuild. There are people I know in Florida that were in the worst of it that already have their power back. There's too much to be gained in civilizing Florida. Whether one wants to call that civilization artificial or not. Think about how Mr. Grumwald describes Florida. It's an artificial civilization engineered and air-conditioned to insulate its residents and tourists from the realities of its natural landscape. Well, tell me, Mr. Grunwald, respectively, where in the world, in modern living, has that not occurred? Is that not the prosperity we praise? That we have roofs over our head when it's raining? We have air conditioning when it's hot and heat when it's cold. And we have refrigeration and electricity. And so many of the pleasures of modern living. You see, we modern people, especially we Americans, do not long cower in the face of Mother Nature's wrath. Like ancient peoples must have. We may mourn and say, woe is us for a little while. But eventually, we get back into braving the dangers of building civilization. And it's not a bad thing. It's not some original sin against nature. And no, Jennifer Lawrence, it's not because we elected Donald Trump.
some like myself would say this is a modern American courage, bourgeois courage, middle class courage, the American dream. But others like Mr. Grumwald is suggesting and people from the left and the right may call it decadence or might call it hubris, the folly of American consumerism and capitalism. Some say we can rebuild, putting brick on top of brick because it's in our nature to brave Mother Nature's snares through ingenuity, technology, and innovation, through trade. But there are others who call for us to re-examine our ways and see that our actions are to blame, that our technology and consumer ways allow us to play a dangerous game full of folly, and that this corrupts us, that because of capitalism, because of markets, because of our air conditioning and our artificial civilization, you should feel guilty. You should feel suspect. Like you're doing something wrong, that something is not right, it's unnatural. really that's going to be the focus of this show that is this question does man's reach exceed his grasp or does man's imagination and fortitude allow him to extend not only his reach but also his grasp to heights never before considered possible now both could be plausible given any situation Heroes are often considered fools long before they ever succeed. Innovators have always been given the evil eye and branded as dangerous people. Whether they're innovators of thought or innovators in a material sense, creators of electricity or refrigeration or rail systems. So many innovations have come and gone and people have looked at them and said that's dangerous that's not going to help it's how people are looking at bitcoin it's how people looked at the internet like paul krugman said something to effect and he will never forget saying this the internet will have about as much effect on the economy as the fax machine so much for economists predicting things But either way, whether you believe in the American dream that material prosperity is also tied up with personal, spiritual prosperity. Or you think that we have gone too far. The question, does man's reach exceed his grasp, is the question of our times. And it has much more to do than just hurricanes or beachfront properties. It has to do with power, electric power and fossil fuels, as well as elected power in government offices and ordained power in the church houses. It has to do with information, true or false, and how that information is spread in the schoolhouse or university, in our workplaces or town squares or halls of government, over the radio, the TV, the internet, or the smartphone. Is people are dealing with actual floods in Florida right now. People were dealing with floods in Houston. People were dealing with floods in Malaysia. People have been dealing with floods since, I don't know, it's biblical. But the flood we are fighting against the most, not in a literal sense, 
We are battered by floods and gusts of instantaneous information. From every which way. Our traditions and institutions are crumbling left and right. After decades as a captive audience to the American establishment and their well-orchestrated narratives, people worldwide, not just in this country, but worldwide, are starting to break free and craft their own stories to make sense of this fast-changing world. And though this suggests the world is on the verge of changing for the better, becoming freer by the day, that in order to reach thousands and millions of people, you don't need a big news network. All you need is a small camera and a YouTube channel. That should give us hope. But I also predict terrible times. And disenchantment will reign in the short term. For every promise of joy and happiness, for everything we hope will make us better, whether it's technology or new ways of thinking, there is also the potential for woe and tragedy. The days of the lone nut in the wilderness are over. Now there are hundreds, if not thousands, of new mad prophets broadcasting on cable news, talk radio, and social media. Mad people just like me, trying to make their voices heard. And as they offer to give you the real story, or the truth, in competition with one another, and the traditional media. With all these people claiming to have the truth and the real story, disenchantment was destined to become our universal language. Confusion was destined to become our constant state. This information storm, along with major shifts in geopolitics and the economic landscape, the debt just passed $20 trillion today, it's created a revolutionary moment. Sitting here today in the midst of Irma's wrath, sitting here today on the anniversary of 9-11, I think back that we are more than a century since the explosion of the powder keg in Europe that led to two world wars. We are nearly six centuries since the invention of the printing press. And where we now find ourselves here on September 11th, 2017, is at a crossroads, facing both situations rolled into one. A rising multipolar world, a rising China, a nationalist Russia. But we also have the internet. It allows, yes, for people to share silly little kitten videos, which I love. I love all baby animals. But it also allows for propaganda of the worst kind to spread evil and totalitarian thinking. Yes, we are living in a world where information can be shared instantly. But it's not a printing press. It's nukes and the internet. And it makes you wonder. Because people from the left are always saying, oh, we've done something wrong. Capitalism is corrupting of the soul. And we're corrupting nature itself. And nature is fighting back. And people on the right said, oh, again, yeah, you're relying too much on the market. And Things are decadent now. We need to get back to our basic values. 
It makes you wonder, has our reach exceeded our grasp? Or can we trust one another, rely on one another's imagination and ingenuity to lead us out of the confusion and potential chaos? I once had a teacher at Auburn named Murray Jardine who said something similar about the question of our times. He asked the question in this way. How do we solve the crisis of our inability to make moral sense of our scientific and technological capabilities? How do we make moral sense of the internet? How do we make moral sense of a global currency that isn't run by any one entity like Bitcoin? How do we make sense of all the competing political theories now vying for power in this country. We have so many capabilities, yet we don't really seem to understand where we're going. Everything always seems to be in crisis mode. Well, that old professor of mine claimed in his book that the answer to this crisis was for us to rediscover a sense of the moral limitations inherent in our capacity for speech. Interesting. Speech, the spoken word. He goes on to write in that book, thanks to literacy and modern inventions, we live in a culture that is extremely visually oriented and relatively close to the sound dimension of human experience. Thus, it is essential, if we are to develop a moral sense that can enable us to deal with technology, that we recapture a much richer sense of what we are doing when we speak and listen to other human beings. Now, I find this funny, all due respect to Mr. Jardine, Professor Jardine, Dr. Jardine. I find this funny because, yes, though we are largely a visual culture, and yes, though I am as much a fan of television, movies, and YouTube videos as anyone else, I mostly live in a world of sound. Didn't know what time it was, the lights were low. Oh, oh, I leaned back on my radio. Oh, oh, some cat was laying down some rock and roll. Not a soul is and it struck me because that's what I love to do, to close my eyes, lean back on my radio, listen to some rock and roll and a lot of soul, letting sounds carry me away. And this isn't just an escape for me, it's a way to find my center. What was I told, raised in, for years in Catholic school, that singing is praying several times? When I hear songs like that, the reason I am so caught up in vinyl records and old music is I'm reminded of what we can do when we put in the hard work. Whether it be creating something beautiful in a song or creating civilization by draining the swamplands of Florida in search of paradise. I'd like to remind folks that rock and roll stars are not just celebrities. Not just people that inspire cults of personality. 
They are poets more than they are consumer eye candy. They are fonts of wisdom and knowledge, often more so than our preachers and political leaders. Yes, our modern culture is very visual. But sound is what turns me on. Sound. Whether it be a crunchy guitar, a deep booming bass, a rising melody, a great conversation, an epic speech, or a whisper. In this visual world, I've found a way to live in a world of sound. I live in a world behind, inside headphones. I speak for a living. Whether I speak well or not, we'll see. But I speak for a living without being seen by most of the people that hear me. Can't tell you how many people who have met me and said, Oh, I didn't realize you looked that way. Which I don't exactly know what they mean, depending on the tone of voice. One person said he thought I was a big fat guy. I am not a big fat guy. Nothing wrong with being fat, but I am not a big fat guy. I'm more... I'll let you be the judge. I'll keep you hanging. I speak to thousands every day. I forget about it often. I just get into the job. But people I can't see or touch or smell. Maybe that's a good thing. But I can hear them. I can hear you. And as I've said before, I've built relationships only through the sound of our voices carried over the airwaves for these past few years. People I have never met in person who I still consider friends. I hope to meet more of you. I hope more of you will call 272-9228 to help answer the big questions of our age, such as does our reach exceed our grasp? I will have guests on from all across the country, from all across the political spectrum, from conservatives to progressives, and to, of course, where my head, most certainly my heart lies, those who love liberty. I'll have on guests that are from my past, people to talk about great old music and great new movies coming out. But more importantly, besides asking big questions with elusive answers, I'm here to make this place, at least for this hour, to make this sound space a place to have fun and find friendship despite our usual divides, political, religious, or otherwise. Could be possible I have no clue what I'm doing. That I have no clue how to solve the nation's ills, how to solve complex foreign policy problems, how to reduce the national debt without throwing people under the bus. Maybe I'm a fool who's wishing too much. But we can't always solve the big problems and answer the big questions every day. As the song says, sometimes we just need to let all the children boogie. I'll be right back. Man in the sky. He's told us not to play. 
just got word that I was knocked off air for a little while. I don't know what happened there. Maybe the winds of Irma. Maybe my reach does exceed my grasp. Damn you, Irma! Man, Mother Nature can be a real bitch sometimes. Anyway, give me a call. 334-272-9228. 272-9228. Joey Clark. And welcome back to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Yes, I have heard that Irma keeps taking down the station. Not cool! When you climb to the top of the mountain Did I not pray enough? Look out! Am I too much of a capitalist pig? Why are you punishing me like this? No, I don't actually think that way. When bad things happen, you do have to wonder, how should you react? And I could go on and on about uh, why 9-11 happened. Why things didn't get better after 9-11, given... The United States' actions in the world, its military actions in particular. I could talk about how people reacted on that day of 9-11. How people reacted at Hurricane Irma swept through. Did they start screaming into their microphone, it's not fair, like I just did? Or did they help somebody? I think we need to stop being surprised when the people of the United States do good things. We always focus on the negative. And I keep going on and on about this stuff, but I'd rather answer the phones. 334-272-9228. 334-272-9228. Randall, what's up, man? You said you wanted to answer the question. I want, yeah, I want to try to give it the best shot I could. I, I, I would say yes. I mean, I mean, if we could grasp it, I mean, what would keep us reaching if we ever got a hold of it? You know, well put. I mean, so uh, I was, I would have to say, yeah. And yeah, um, not to get off subject, but yeah, you just dropped off about thirty seconds before you played that first song earlier uh, on the uh, on the app. I know. Yeah, um, that's that's the nature of it, Irma and her yeah. her wisps. But yeah, I would have to go with yeah. I mean, that's what kept you, did, you know, kept kept you getting, you know, go from a, a, a hour on Saturday to you know, I mean, an hour on five days a week to two hours, three hours, you know, mm-hmm. just that keep reaching, baby. And I mean, if we ever, and then if we did get a hold of it, you know, what, what will we know what to do with it? You know, that's the other question. I mean. Hey, once you got it, you know, hey, do you know what to do with it? Well, I mean, and it's something I was, it, it was something I was talking about on Friday, Randall. It's not like, yes, this is a big opportunity. And for the first time in several years, I actually had butterflies as I came on air. But it's not about, oh, you reached a particular summit. Now you're going to be happy. I think that's a dangerous way of uh, looking at things. And actually, I, if you don't mind... And this is going to happen from time to time if you call in, folks, so beware. What are you reaching for, Randall? What are you going for in life? It doesn't, big or small, doesn't matter. What are you striving for these days? Just to make my, I've got my boys happy. I've got them on their way. I mean, me and my ex-wife, we've got them on their way. Is to get my daughter to that point that I know if I don't wake up tomorrow, it'd be, you know what I mean, that my you know what I mean? I, I don't know how to explain it, but I know she's going to be all right regardless if I right. didn't wake up. Man, that's just life. But 
I just want to be able to know that I can go to sleep and not wake up, and 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 she's gonna be just fine. That she's know? learned what you've tried to teach her and what you yeah, think. Yeah, and that yes, and that the time has passed. That you know, each, as she's more mature, I get to share a little more with her. You know, I just want to make it to that point. You know, and I don't know when that point is. Her maturity, I guess, and my maturity, and uh, all matter in that point. But well, I hear you, yeah. man. That is one of the best causes. In life, I'm not a parent, but I've had people tell me it changes your whole perspective. It changes your priorities. Yeah, but you, you uh, yeah, I, I guess so, bro. I don't even you know. Man, I'm enjoying the show, and I'm, I'm beyond excited for you and in your future. I mean, Thank I don't you. even know what to say, bro. I appreciate it, right, man. man. Thank you, man. Love you, love you, show, man. Let's see. Love you too. I, I love that first call, and we're, there's all sorts of love. Gotta have love. News talk. Who's this? You're on the air. This is Joey. Hello, Joseph. Oh, my goodness. Is this Nathaniel? It is. Oh, Lord. Why are you calling me, Mr. Hey, you know, well, I wanted to tell you that I completely agree with your premise of not surrounding yourself with people that just share your opinion and engaging people that differ in opinion and politics and, and trying to learn from them and them from you and i'm glad that you're going to have a show like that well i appreciate it man and let me ask you where did you begin on the political spectrum did you just jump like what's a little bit of your own history in terms of politics have you gone i was raised in a republican family Mm -hmm. um i spent time uh believing in some democratic values that upset my family but uh (laughs) that's when i kind of realized uh that the libertarian way was for me, you know, limited size of government, let me do what I want to do on my property, and as long as I'm not hurting anyone, leave me alone, and you do you, I'll do me, and we'll all be happy. And I don't have to accept who you are to love you. I can disagree with you and still be your friend and, and love you like a brother. Yeah, that's that's the basis. Is it actually about... What I was uh, going to go into is there's this writer out there named Deirdre McCloskey, man, and she talks about how, okay, people on the right and libertarians especially have relied on just market explanations for too long that, as she calls the virtue of prudence. The market will work it out, self-interest will work it out. And you can make those arguments, but you need other things. And one is what you just mentioned, what Randall mentioned. You need love. You need faith. You need hope. You need courage, you need temperance, you need justice, a sense of justice. You need all these things if you're going to react to situations in a proper way. And it's not something you achieve overnight. Like confidence, for instance, I heard some guy talking about it on another podcast, a guy who was born without any legs, without an arm, saying that he's now a big bodybuilder and wants to be an actor, and he's been very successful. He says confidence is a skill. You don't achieve it overnight. You achieve these things by trying hard. And I know you're trying hard. You just moved over to Atlanta. You're finding a new job. And I love it. And they love me. So that's a that's a good uh it's a good combination. Yeah, uh, they but haven't you're had somebody for in the this government. But I'm working on <laughs> on an end of the government that's helping the end user directly. I'm working for the VA. You. I'm just messing with and you. And that's completely different than the government itself. No, oh, I, I know, but I'm I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, I know, I know. But I I've appreciate for the government my whole life. 
Well, I'm going to miss you not being in Montgomery, uh, Mr. Hicks. Well, I'm going to be there every every other Wednesday and okay. every weekend. Okay, well, I'll see you at some of the get-togethers. Great show, and keep it up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, and really, we have to stop being shocked when Americans do great things in the midst of tragedy. We also have to stop being shocked when Americans do bad things and bring about tragedies. But here's what I mean. I just mentioned Deirdre McCloskey. She has been trying to advance the argument to a lot of her left-wing academic friends that people in the middle class, the bourgeois, they're actually virtuous people. That they just want to make an honest living. That they aren't filled with hatred, they're filled with love. That they aren't suspicious and skeptical of their fellow men, they have faith in them. They aren't despairing, they have hope. That yeah, that guy who maybe goes and buys fast food takes it over to his friend's place, sits down and watches professional wrestling, and even though it's not Shakespeare or the latest musical on Broadway, yeah, that person might display virtue, even though he's caught up in this capitalist, consumerist culture. We shouldn't be surprised when middle-class people who get crapped on every day by the right and the left for their political purposes show courage in the face of terrible odds. Stories of so many people on 9-11 who knew this is probably the end for me. But let me help somebody and make sure it's not the end for them. So many people driving down to Houston, driving to Florida to go help others. I'm not going to sit here and say that you have to be a libertarian in order to be right and to be on to something. But I will say, how are you helping to foster love and faith and hope in your life? And that doesn't mean you have to have a particular religious faith. How are you being courageous yet moderate in your life? Don't go off chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and lakes you're used to. That is, don't go tilting at windmills like Don Quixote. Don't go searching abroad for monsters to slay. Be moderate in your courage. As long as you have a sense of justice, as long as you care about being a good person, a virtuous person, and work at it over time. And I have failed in many ways on that regard. But as long as you're working at it. So when that time comes where you have to react, you do the right thing. Well, let's go back to the phones. 334-272-9228. 272-9228. News talk, who's this? You're talking to Joey. Joey, this is a, a, a friend of yours. Oh, Lord. This is the friend, ladies and gentlemen, who thought I was a big fat guy. I thought, I thought, <clears throat> I think you've talked to me before. I think so. Some people know me by a, a certain number, but. Right. Well, I, I know your real name. I know where you live. Oh, don't tell everybody my, my real name. Yeah, it's not like everybody already knows. Anyway, what's up? <laughs> no, uh, you know, something you, that you just said, I think we look 
And for some reason, this came through my mind. Uh, we're both Auburn fans. Oh, yeah. What's the What's the greatest moment in Auburn football history? Oh, Lord. Put me on the spot. Just one second. Yeah. What was the greatest moment? In Auburn football history. I have to say, when we won the national championship my senior year, and a Korean lady kissed me in the midst of the celebration, she, I thought that was a great moment in Auburn history too. But yeah, one second—that's fine. That—that's—that's that's, that's a little more personal than I was going there, Joey. Well, I'm—I'm I'm trying to be personal on this show. But we—you anyway, know—we're. Yeah. We, I think I think too many times we're looking for that one great moment, like yeah. when Chris Davis returned. I mean, that's one of the greatest plays it, it, and it always will be may right. not be it always will be we're looking for that one great moment instead of the little moment hmm. does anybody remember uh that uh you know Joe Smith blocked a guy on that play no Joe does he, he, he's just doing his job right he doesn't do his job then it doesn't work and you don't it doesn't have to be something you know supernatural for it to be a big thing. You don't have to raise a million dollars to make a difference. You don't, you know, have to, you know, save 2,700 people out of a burning building for it to be a great thing. Right. If you if you have one person, you know, how many people are they going to affect in their lifetime? And and the, the other thing you were touching on, I love your political philosophy, uh, and, and I love talking to you about politics. Do you and I agree on everything? Oh, absolutely not. But we agree, I think, on a lot of important things. But probably about 70%. Right. But we have a, a, a cordial conversation and talk to one another and not scream and holler and get pissed off and, you know, run off and call each other ugly names. But we can, we can generally disagree. But I have noticed in, in my lifetime... Uh, I was born and raised extremely, extremely conservative. Hmm. I won't even go Republican and Democrat because I go back to where my whole family were Democrats when Democrats were. But they were conservative Democrats. They were the Dixiecrats. And and I have I would not call myself a a, a, a libertarian. Hmm. However, there are lots of social issues that I have opened my mind up through things such as conversations with people like you and said, hey, you know what? That ain't none of my business what they want to do. If you want to smoke dope, go out and buy you some weed and smoke it. I mean, that's, that's one thing I have changed my mind 100% on. Right. I, I wouldn't do it. That, that's not for me. But well, and I, I think you would have every right. And in fact, if it was legal, I would encourage people to then say uh, to folks, hey, man, that's going to make you a dope. That's going to make you lazy. That's Are you using that responsibly? It'll actually allow people to talk about it without the threat of it, you know, the taboo to it all. Yeah. And, 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 there, and, and there, are, there are good, you know, there are upsides and downsides. And, and it's, it, you get into well, what about alcohol? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, is alcohol not a drug? Sure. What about political power and law on your side? Is that oh. not a drug that goes to people's heads? Does they go a little overboard? The most powerful drug in this country. It's it a powerful is, aphrodisiac too. It it, it, it hey, I'm, <laughs> I, and, I mean, I'll say this. You know, I mean, Rebecca Mason is not 
the most attractive lady in the state of Alabama. But if Robert Bentley walked into a bar and Rebecca was sitting there, if he wasn't the governor, do you think he would have had one chance to walk up to her and start a relationship with her? Hell no. No. But you're the governor. And that, that changes everything. Well, so. here's here's another proof of concept. Look at Steve Mnuchin. Just look at him. And then look at his wife. Now, maybe he's just that brilliant of a man. He's, he's so charming. He has a silver tongue. Or maybe it's because he's like Scrooge McDuck and can swim in gold. I don't know. It might be other reasons. But uh, you're right. Power tends to attract people, whether it's political power or celebrity. Oh, did I tell you how some of the women were talking about some of the male wrestlers? Have I also told you how I talk about some of the uh, female wrestlers? Like, there's yeah. something about somebody on a stage that just makes them more attractive. It, it, it is, and, and that is all that is human nature, and and why this goes into a different discussion. Uh, but it, it it's why that we deny the the alpha male syndrome, I guess you could call it. Mm. That's what we're looking for. When you're in high school, who does everybody want to hang out with? The best football player on the football team. Oh. Everybody be around, you know, the, the greatest, the most dominant male in the that's in nature. Who who is the the king of the jungle, the the the, the baddest line out there and our our nature is to migrate towards the greatest and the best and then we are beaten down into being no we've got to be the same not equal they 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 call it everybody's got to be equal but what they're saying is everybody's got to be the same right so, conform yeah and it's something that drives me nuts man uh, well, and one thing you just pointed out, talking about the so-called alpha male. Yeah, there's the traditional, like, the guy who's, you know, incredible shape. You know, athletes, top-notch athletes, soldiers, those types. But then also, if we're talking about powers and aphrodisiac, you get people who are incredible writers who attract people. You get, and who are, like, these mousy little people. That physically they're not attractive, but they have something that somebody else wants. Um, And you have to worry. There's a a line from a recent song from His Royal Badness. It says, when life's a stage in this brand new age, how do we engage? And that's kind of what I was getting at at the beginning of the show. That when everybody's got this platform and they're all posing on social media... One effect is that people put off a false sense, not intentionally, but they put off a false sense of what life is really like. So you look at, if you're feeling down, you look at somebody else's page and you see all their great moments, but you're not seeing all the moments in between and how boring life can be at times. I mean, you miss out on what it's actually like to get to know people and what life is really like. You think, oh, these people have these incredible lives and I'm sitting there on the couch being boring. Well, you might be boring, but... Everybody has boring moments. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you, you just made an excellent point. That is what separates humans from the rest of the animal kingdom. The, the, the rest of the animal kingdom is just the biggest, strongest, and fastest wins. They rule it. You can be the alpha dog because of your intellect. If you use it, if you 
you know, if, if you're the, the best lawyer in town, right. the great doctor, I've got a great friend of mine that's a doctor. He couldn't play football on a high school team right now. He's so tiny. He's a little bitty fella. And, and so you, you don't have to simply rely on your physical abilities. You can use your mental abilities and train them and get them better, and, and you can accomplish that. So, Well, thank uh, God for that. Yeah, <laughs> At least yeah. for my sake. Exactly. We both be embarrassed there, Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy world, man. Like, and that's why I'm trying to take this approach, where I do not know how to solve all these problems. I have my ideas. I listen to people that I think are smarter than me and agree with my principles, and go, yeah, I think that's possible. But at the end of the day, I'm tired of the out and out bad faith and fighting that comes with politics. It's great to have a heart felt debate on something but it's always seems so dishonest when it comes to politics it is well politics has become like sports i mean it really has it's like oh you're a you're a democrat you're an alabama fan well i'm an Auburn fan i don't anything you say i'm gonna disagree with i don't care even if i like what you say i it, you're wrong 100 percent wrong and i'm right <laughs> yeah and and Problems don't get solved when you go into the the conversation thinking there's absolutely no way that I'm wrong, and and that and that's one thing I just absolutely love about talking to you and spending time with you and discussing and debating things is is that that you are at least willing to listen and you are really listening and you may still say no you know what Clay you're wrong dude yeah you're you're, you're full wrong. of crap. But, yeah. but you at least listen and pay attention. So I'm looking so forward to the show. So happy for you. Glad you got the opportunity. Thank you so uh, much, Clay. I appreciate it. it, it it's going to be great. It'll be three hours shortly. It'll be three hours shortly. Oh, Lord. That'll turn into a, like a 10-hour day? I don't know. Lord, I can, hey, Bring it on. Yeah. Bring it Man, on. Man, you, you got it. You're still young. You're not married. You're young. Mm. you got plenty of time. You can handle it. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. Uh, Without you. All right, bye, Joey. Bye. Oh, man. Well, it's good hearing from friends. And it's what I'm going to do going forward. I think I'm going to try to get my brother to come on air. I think he'll reveal a lot about me and maybe about himself. But at the end of that conversation I was just having with Clay there, it makes me think that it's not so much the market or just politics that inspire people to do bad things. It's just that when I get into conversations about either religion or politics with people, they don't seem to be ready to express love, but hatred. They express suspicion, not faith, or bad faith, not good faith in another person. They don't express hope, they despair that if I am proven wrong in any way, then it's all for naught. People are cowardly, they don't speak up for themselves, and they're extreme. They don't indulge other people. And they're not rational and they don't have a sense of justice. They're foolish. And devil may care. There's no need for us to have to be that way. I think most people aren't. So thank you for listening to this first show. Some are saying it's glorious. Some are saying it was a steaming pile of crap. Either way, I'm glad it's come and gone. 
then we get to continue tomorrow, 6 to 7. This has been the Joey Clark Radio Hour. So humbly named after me, Joey Clark. Have a great night.